You just want to jump into this? You just get the yeah, uh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh hell yeah, mofo's! Too fast, too furious. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're reviewing Black Widow. Better late than ever, Chris. (laughs) We did it. We finally got it. We're back. We're back. Um, Yes. Uh, What if... We got a trailer for the Marvel series. Oh, I see. What this is there. very hard because this is a question title, and I'm like, how do I say this? Like, <laughs> the title is what? If, how do we put this in here? So I'm running with the pun. It's like it's like Panic at the Disco. Where does yeah. the exclamation mark go? Is it at the panic end of it, or is it after Panic? It's mm-hmm. confusing. It's very confusing. The Suicide Squad gets an earlier release date, mm. and more, and more. Like you said, Chris. We're back at it. We're back in the fold. We just did our first spoiler cast for a Marvel MCU film, which what feels like an eternity. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I felt like I was getting my sea legs back. So uh, we're here, back to the normal news episode. Yeah. And, you know, I'm good. I'm like, I'm vibing. I'm ready to go here. I just drank my Ooh. Green River, which I don't, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the with the classic kind of vintage soda brand Green River. Uh, I, I would describe it as a very green looking drink, hence the name. But it's like a lime lemon soda. So, like, flip the script of like a lemon lime where it always feels like more limey based. This is more uh, or more lemon based. This is more limey based. It's delicious and it's good. So I'm vibing on made with real sugar. Uh, 44 grams of sugar to be correct. So uh, I'm, I'm good to go. Oh yeah. I mean, that's uh that, that's a solid drink. I just have a mini bottle of Mountain Dew here. Um, kicking, kicking my butt. I'm tired this weekend. Like it is rain <laughs> here all, all week, all, all, all weekend. Um, and I'm just, it's kind of one of those things like, you know, where you, it's just, you never feel like you're getting some sunshine. But on top of that, I spent the majority of yesterday um, with a friend of the show, Jason, who um, invited me to go down to the Star Wars Collectors Club auction in Lexington, Kentucky yesterday. No idea what this is, man. Exactly. So there is a Kentucky Star Wars Collectors Club uh, where they deal in Star Wars collectibles, figures, memorabilia, so on and so forth. Um, Jason has a huge collection of of Star Wars figures. Um, I want to say they're not Hot Toys. They're the the company that owns Hot Toys, the bigger one. Uh, and he's probably yelling at me because he listens to us every Monday, he said. Sideshow collectibles. So they're sideshows, yeah, yes. Yeah. They're, they're, he's got so many of these things. It's very impressive. Jason's setup is just immaculate. You, w- you would be blown away by these, Mike. They're 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 very, very detailed. Mm. And he's got some really rare ones and some good ones. So, um, And, and uh, he, I know he's getting more. So he invited me down. Um, our other friend Jeremy was supposed to go, but his, his kids got sick, so he wasn't able to go. And I was like, that's fine. Totally understand. So we went down there and... Um, uh, it's they essentially people in this club donate things to this auction, right? It's like a like a, a little group of people, um, and you go and you bid on stuff live, and then you you take home what you get. And a lot of people bring stuff that you know maybe they have duplicates of, or they no longer need for their collection, so on and so forth. Um, and it was really cool to kind of see everything. Jason says, you know, you know, this is like the first one I think they've had in a while. So I think the people haven't had a lot 
to collect a lot of stuff over the past year because of you know the way this is, the world has been. Um, but you know they had some of those. Remember the old Yoda, Pepsi, and Mountain Dew standees from like mm-hmm. episode two. Like they had a couple of those there. They were auctioning off. Um, one of the members is uh, works at one of the movie theaters uh, in in Kentucky, I think, or Nashville, and brought up some official movie posters like off the walls there, and so mm-hmm. they were auctioning some of those off. I actually bid on the Lenovo Jedi Challenges VR set, um, and won it because I was hell bent to have this Lenovo thing, this, this <laughs> Star Wars challenge. Because you know, you've I don't know if you've played the Star Wars VR game on PlayStation or, or uh, uh, what's the other Oculus yet. Um, mm-hmm. but it's essentially you pop your phone in and the headset's actually battery powered. Um, and they use a motion sensor like the, like the PlayStation does. And you actually like do, um, challenges with your phone off of this. And it's actually pretty neat. However, my phone is too large for this because phone sizes have grown since they launched this a couple of years ago. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to find a smaller phone to play it, but I was able to get that. <laughs> This was just uh, this was a really cool group of people, Mike. A really diverse group of people who are bringing in. Everyone had on either Star Wars or Marvel shirts. No one had on any mm-hmm. DC shirts, thankfully, or you know, there'd <laughs> have been trouble. No, I'm kidding. People brought snacks. Everyone shared. It, it's a really good community, and I just want to you know again thank Jason for inviting me and like let people know like if you have something you like and you are very much a collector of like I do my Funkos right, or I'm now getting into Beast Wars. God help me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there, there's probably a group out there for you to join and, and talk to those people and they will help you find what you're looking for or, or do stuff like that so it really gave me that nostalgia do you remember the 90s nostalgia when the Phantom Menace was coming out and it was like every uh, Taco Bell were, and oh yeah they were on like every uh, every soda can in Magical yeah, yeah I mean the pod racing on the front of the Pepsi machines even like they replaced the plastic and all that stuff like it, it's giving me nostalgia seeing all this stuff and I was like ah oh, I love Star Wars so much, Mike. Um, <laughs> except for the Rise of Skywalker, I think we can all agree nobody likes the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, at, at the end of it, so um, I think it was cool. I just want to give a shout out to Jason for inviting me and letting me go. We ended up stopping by a, a um, comic slash collectible store afterwards down there, and I went through and looked at all. That, this place was all. He even said it was Jason. It was overwhelming the amount of figures and stuff that they had there. I was like, this is impressive. So if anyone's looking for anything, let me know. If I'm down in Lexington, I'll look. But I mean, that was that was really cool to see down there um but to shift gears a little bit in in some sad news um director richard donner passed away this week and uh you might be you know normally we don't talk about when when people die news unless it's related to superheroes but you know richard donner directed the original superman movie and um Mm -hmm. also superman 2 they filmed at the same time and it was taken from him but they were able to restore it with the richard donner cut um of superman 2 back in the early 2000s so um Really, the modern superhero film wouldn't be anything without Richard Donner there. And uh, to be completely honest, I didn't know he was still around. Um, it's one of those, <laughs> you know, kind of things um, where you don't know. I mean, he Most was ninety-one. Certain- I mean, he was ninety-one. I mean, this this dude stuck around as long as he could. I went to his Wikipedia page and I did a a, a Command F to see if he was uh, involved in Smallville at all because that's the really only. DC content that I'm intaking yeah. at the moment, and it doesn't look like he has any Smallville cameos. But no. his, uh, but his, uh, the the actor, uh, which he uh, which he shepherded through the Superman franchise, uh, Christopher Reeves has has uh, been in Smallville. So yeah. uh, he he's having a direct effect, at least on what I'm watching right now. That's for sure. Yeah, and he also served as a, an executive producer on the original X Men movie. Um, mm. And uh, his wife, you may have seen on. 
all the X-Men movies. Lauren Shuler Donner. Um, like she's, she's on every X-Men movie. If you watch it literally. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so like, you know, his, his, uh, I wouldn't say his fingers, but like he is, you know, been in a lot of stuff. You know, he also did the Goonies, uh, Lethal Weapon series, stuff like that. It's not just Superman, but like we know him for essentially creating the, the, you know, tone of superhero movies, not just being campy 1940s serials or, you know, the, the, the 60s Batman. He, he kind of took it to that next level for that. So, um, you got to give him props for that. And, you know, sorry, sorry to hear he passed, but, you know, we're very thankful for the, the stuff he was able to provide into, uh, in, in the movies i think the last movie he did was in tw- 2006 that's why we really hadn't heard from him from a while so um yeah in that uh and other than that mike you finally you you gave me almost a play-by-play this week you were able to finally watch some movies you didn't get to do it last week so this week you took that opportunity yeah, to I, I was catching it. up on some stuff uh we recorded last week's podcast on july 4th the holiday which i believe was sunday right yes. or maybe it yeah so uh right after we recorded i went and i watched america the motion picture the the new animated feature that's on netflix about the the fictional the fictionalization of the mm-hmm. origin of america um and it was not good, Chris. Uh, I, 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 wasn't a, I wasn't a big fan of it. Didn't have a great time. Uh, it Thank was God you already two, pay for Netflix then, right? Like. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was this bizarre combination of uh, a clever, thought-out thought, thought out joke followed by the cringiest uh, writing I had, I've ever seen. So it was this bizarre experience of just wishing it could have been more, and it felt like it almost was, and then it just kind of tanked. Um, but I would almost still recommend watching it if you're just a fan of animation in general because I thought the animation style of it was really, really cool. Um, it kind of feels a little bit like Archer mixed with uh, the Venture Brothers a little bit yeah. with the animation style. And it's the first time I've really seen like CG animated characters actually look two-dimensional because I'm almost 100% positive that they're using a CG modeling for nearly every shot in this film, but they do a really good job making it look 2D, which is something that I feel like a lot of animation productions can't quite solve, which seems like it would be easy, right? Starting with this high-end technology and kind of like downgrading it. Um, but they actually did a pretty good job on this film. I love the vibe. I love the way it looks. Um, it's been a while since I've seen like kind of, you know, quote unquote, a 2D animated feature. So if this technology perceived and, and mo- or perseveres and moves forward with other types of stories, I would love to watch anything else uh, from this story, from the from this kind of animation house moving forward. But yeah, the, the story was bad. Uh, I, I know a lot of people will say like, oh, you know, just make sure you turn your brain off before you give it a shot, you know, it's really stupid. You know, I knew that going into it because, you know, the trailers show you everything you need to know. You like George Washington with like chainsaw hands. Like, yeah, I get, I get what I'm going into, but just because, you know, you have like a, like a, like a, a silly far-fetched idea doesn't mean that your writing should be silly and far-fetched. So uh, unfortunately, I don't think I can really recommend this one a lot unless you're just really into like the, the niche production of animation. Well. But uh, I, I don't think this one is going to be a yearly watch on Fourth of July, if, if that that's mm-hmm. one way to put it. Yeah, I, uh, I from what I've heard, you're not alone in that that regard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, sometimes you get some 
some weird stuff like uh what was it uh, that, that damn hot dog movie sausage fest as well oh uh, so I, I, yeah. I would recommend sausage fest over this I, and i think sausage fest also might kind of be maybe a cookout movie i think i think there's a, a theme in that grocery store that there's like uh, like memorial day weekend coming up or maybe yeah. the fourth of july is coming up so maybe substitute that movie instead yeah yeah i'm just saying like there are some some interesting ideas that can be animated a lot easier than make a real life movie about so yeah i mean it, yeah it's a great it's a great voice voice cast so i mean yeah. uh jason manzukas he can voice anything and you know you'll have somewhat of a good time but yeah so, all right. Well, in that case, I'm going to talk about my journey through time as well. I've, um, I, I saw the original Fast and Furious movie um, years ago, back when they were stealing TVs with VHS players built into them, um, <laughs> and probably on a TV with a VHS player built into it. And I think I might have seen Too Fast, Too Furious, but that's as far as my fast knowledge goes, Mike. Um, and with the uh, honor of Fast 9 coming out and these movies apparently getting crazier and stupider as they go along, <laughs> um, I have taken upon myself to kind of put this on in the background, like while I'm in bed every night, like to be like the cap of the night. Like I'm not watching. I can play Pokemon Snap on my Switch while this is on and I can like look up and kind of still listen to it. But mm-hmm. um, I've been going through the Fast and Furious franchise to try to catch up to through all the 10 films. Now, I am watching them chronologically in terms of how they should be watched because apparently the Tokyo Drift isn't supposed to be watched third. It's supposed to be watched after the fourth or fifth movie, apparently. <laughs> Who cares? This is not uh, a franchise that uh, requires that much thought. <laughs> it, it's not, but but the playlist I built on my on my server is just automatically has it like that. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. fine with me. I'm not going to lose sleep if I watch this first, third, or last. I, I don't care enough. But... um. I've kind of been going through it and, and watching it. I did not know this uh, until, you know, this week. Vin Diesel was not in Too Fast, Too Furious uh, at all. And um, I just assumed he was in every movie uh, because he's kind of taken it upon himself to be the voice slash face of the franchise, especially since Paul Walker's death, mm-hmm. uh, untimely death several years ago. So um, I thought he was going to be in it and maybe even a cameo. He wasn't. He's not even in it at all. <laughs> um, it's just... Uh, uh, Paul Walker and um, Tyrese Gibson, uh, who are the, like the main leads, and then Ava Mendez, who never comes back as well. So um, I, I thought that was very interesting to to kind of watch that and uh, see that. And apparently, Vin Diesel comes back at the end again, the, like the end credit scene of of Tokyo Drift. But like, so I'm like, I'm surprised this guy has missed out on two of these nine films. And I'm not like, so we're not going to include Hobbs and Shaw uh, for being in there, but like, he still wasn't in almost two of these films. So. Uh, I'm going to keep you posted as I kind of burn through these. Uh, I'm going to go through them as fast as I can, like like a quarter mile fast, Mike. Like I'm just going <laughs> to churn these out and get them out of the way because apparently the next one I'm watching is the fourth one, which is apparently it's like the bad point of the franchise, like the like the, like the lowest point of the whole series. Mm-hmm. And the fifth one is the upturn um, it, where, they, where they start doing the nod and wink to the camera where they're not taking themselves seriously. So mm-hmm. very excited for that. And then you before we go into this, you have another thing you want to watch, which ties into our first topic. So I tagged this here on the end. So you can tell us about 
but you did. Yeah, I went ahead and I watched. Uh, I rewatched Civil War because I knew this was uh, canonically going to be the movie that takes place just before Black Widow. So I was like, oh, I have time. I should probably rewatch this. I think I've seen Civil War maybe three times already. Uh, I'm not a big film rewatcher for me. For me, saying I've watched anything more than two times is a big deal. So uh, I, I actually have to say that I think Civil War an, improves every time I watch it, right? I, mm-hmm. It just becomes a better film every time. I, I've i always liked it. I've always had a great time, but I just seem to fall in love with it the more that I get down and dirty with it, especially as I know kind of how the characters evolve past it, you know, how the fracture between Tony and Steve kind of gets healed when they come back together. And it's just funny to see them kind of fighting amongst themselves when I just know eventually they're going to be finding a giant purple space monster. Um, so it's just nice to bring it back down to earth. Again, also, hashtag again, because I did that in the first Avengers too. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, uh, you know, seeing the introduction of the Black Panther. Um, one thing that I feel like it, uh, maybe an underrated scene in the film is I feel like the, the chase scene between, um, between the Winter Soldier and Black Panther is always very memorable, but it, it, people seem to... Uh, maybe overlook the awesome scene that happens where uh, Steve and Bucky are kind of fighting amongst themselves in between like this group of shock troopers as they try to kind of get out of this kind of uh, apartment building which is just really cool and it's just like he picks up, Bucky picks up that battering ram with his uh, vibranium arm and he just starts knocking people over. It's just, it's so great. I I love that scene but it's also it's part of that longer scene as well so I think maybe some people sometimes forget you know how it started. (laughs) But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it kicks off that whole thing kind of a little bit there, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, but great. But un- unfortunately, I mean, you know, I don't like to just come in all negative, but watching this movie makes me hate Falcon and the Winter Soldier even more. Like the, the Civil War itself ages better as I watch it, but then it's detrimental to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Disney Plus series. Uh, uh, Zemo in Civil War is, is such a great character. He's just like this. He's this uh, scrappy special forces special forces unit who puts all of his willpower and grief and vengeance as they say the vengeance has consumed him in this film to a point where he he does seemingly the impossible of destroying the most powerful people on the planet and he literally is about to end his life because he completed his goal at the end of the movie and black panther doesn't let him kill himself he's a very dark character very serious he's a man of means and very very cool and he just ends up being turned into a cartoon character, I feel like, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's like a 10-hour loop of him dancing in a club. I think it's so yeah. stupid. So all right, all right. Off just, the soapbox. Get off the TV shows, It just makes me Mike. hate that series so much more. I, I honestly think it might be one of the worst things in the MCU. So I will step off of my soapbox now. Yeah. But this is what happens when you have to prepare to watch Black Widow. That yes. might be so, a sequel, might be a prequel, might be a flashback. It might be so, an origin story. It might be the end of the franchise. You got you to gotta do something to get your bearings, and that's rewatching mm-hmm. civil war yes i did not watch civil war but i felt good jumping into it i think i think it was it would if when this movie well it is on disney plus right so let's jump into mm-hmm. black we'll jump into black widow so yes black widow came out it's now you can get on disney plus or you can get on on or watch in theaters so on disney plus i think they have made a uh, chronological list right so whenever they eventually add this to that viewing for everybody it'll probably go civil war black widow and then, um, I guess Black Panther, right? Right after that, or yeah, Doctor, possi- Doctor Strange, one of the two, maybe. Um, but uh, obviously, yeah. uh, spoiler free. We're not going to drop yes. any Black Widow spoilers here. We got our spoiler cast in the feed. If you are subscribed, but 
to say spoiler free, yes, Black Widow yes. very much ends up right after Civil War. So yeah, if you're doing a chronological order, uh, Black Widow yeah. will be indeed and, right after Civil War. And it was one of those things. Like again, I didn't really look. I didn't want to look into this movie before I went into it. Right, we like going in mm-hmm. as blind as possible. So I was kind of afraid to look up into it. Like, is this an Infinity War? In game, in between Quill, or was it a, a civil war in um, mm-hmm. sequel? What's her ha- What's her ha- like? What's her hair gonna look like? Right, yeah. that's the best chronological indicator of Black Widow yeah. as a character. Is there? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it never looks the same, no matter where you're going. So um, this one is takes place right where Civil War picks up. Uh, we just got off our review episode, um, Mike. I'm going to like kick it off again. Let us know what you thought. Spoiler free. Don't tell anybody the, the secrets. Keep those between ourselves. What you thought of this movie. Yeah. Overall positive experience uh, with Black Shocker. Widow. Um, <laughs> if you, uh, what do they say? Like uh, when they're talking about the, the size of like infants heads, they're talking about them in like the percentile, right? I would say a uh, Black Widow is in, in the 50th percentile, the top half of the MCU. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have a fun, entertaining time with this film. Uh, there's gonna be a couple things that might rub you the wrong way, depending on how hyped you were for this film, depending on how much you're in the zeitgeist of the MCU, how much you're following th- fan theories. You know, will mm-hmm. I would say ultimately affect your end goal of this film. But I think even if things went all wrong in the wrong direction for you personally, I think you'll still have a fun time. Uh, not exactly a nonstop thrill ride in the sense of. Oh, God, I'm trying to think of like a film like maybe like Hardcore Henry or um, yeah. or a film like that that just like never stops. Like uh, this right. film do- does have a nice brisk pace to it, which I like. I, I-, I felt like I wasn't really uh, uh, waiting for the-, the film to move along. Yeah. So I enjoy that. Uh, we have a we have a great addition to uh, the MCU with these new cast of characters, David Harbour, Florence Pugh. I'm very much looking forward to seeing them again in the MCU in whatever context that may or may not be. So uh, they, they kind of, they did double duty here, right? They had to uh, add to the MCU, but also give a send off to Black Widow. I feel like the additions are a little bit more effective than the mm-hmm. send off, but uh, overall positive, good time. Uh, I would rate, you know, I would rate this in the in the top half of the MCU, and considering yeah. pretty much all the MCU is a good time, that's a good review. Yeah, I I mean I think we you know, we talked about it. We are very much in the same kind of mindset uh, for this movie. Um, Black Widow does a great job. Again, we we've talked about it. I think I think you more in regards like will a prequel, you know, diminish the character? Does the movie make matter at the end of the day? Right. And whether that's true or not, because we know her fate, this movie still does a great job building into the MCU, resolving some other things that we, we've um, that have been referenced before, while also delivering surprises and some action set pieces along the way. And I feel we didn't talk about those action set pieces too much in our review, um, and, and we probably should have. But I mean, it, they just they build naturally, and and it feels really good to kind of see those, right? Like it, it it starts like how each one goes through, and like I said, I I would liken this to a mixture of um, a very much a Jason Bourne film with a splash of Bond and a hint of Terminator. Shaken, uh, not stirred. You got you got to throw in some. I would say some of the later Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Um. With I probably I me- I meant Mission Impossible instead of Bond, but yes, yes, hundred yeah. percent. Um. But yeah, I th- I think it's great. I, I don't think anyone would regret. I mean, I've not heard. Um. I, again, I I don't go to the internet because the internet is vocally negative most of the time. Um. But people I've talked to personally 
have not had a bad time with this movie either. So um, it's not just us. Again, I would put it if you if you have to rank Marvel movies, which after you know, a little bit of a review, I kind of think is unfair because they're all different genres and different audiences. I, I would think this is again top half. It's not going to blow off you know in game Infinity War you know your your top targets up there but it's still going to sit pretty solid and something you could you could watch repeatedly and not be like oh yeah or maybe learn more every time there's there's so many so many little easter eggs um in in that in that regard mike so um yeah i think i think over overall we're positive we recommend it um and you can get it both in theater form or disney plus and if mm-hmm. you don't want to um pay for it either way it will be on your disney plus for free october 6th of this year so Uh i believe that's is that that's 90 days right yeah that's still 90 days um for for those so um yeah 100 check that out folks uh and if you have any questions uh about this there's an after credit scene so stay after the movie yes you always should yeah, it's all the way at the at the very very end. There's no mid credit scene, yep. uh, so you'll have to watch all of the scroll, and then at the very end, you'll be treated to uh, your scene. Yes, and you and you'll you'll want to watch. It's it's it's, it's you want to watch it. So I think it'll be mm-hmm. good um, for that. Uh, anything else on Black Widow, Mike? We want to we want to jump into the news news since we just yeah let, let's jump into the news up. news as you like news to call news. it. <laughs> so the new news. Kevin Feige is out talking about Marvel Studios. He's got a new oh, movie. Oh, Feige. What are he, you doing out there, Feige? You giving us the goods? I hope yeah, so. He's giving us the goods. So apparently um, actors are not locked into long-term contracts anymore at Marvel. Um, mm. This is because this was huge. Whenever they started the thing, they were like, well, no matter how good we do, we like to get you for, you know, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans had six movie contracts. Nick Fury, um, Samuel L. Jackson, he had nine movies in his contract when he started. Uh-huh. And he burned through those pretty quick, I'm pretty sure, though. Like, <laughs> what movie was he not in at the start? Um, but now they're, 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 doing, they're hiring actors based on their excitement to be in the universe. Um, and I believe they call that cash. Um, uh, very much you can get a large paycheck and expect to have more work later. And um, the opportunity to do more things, whether that's through movies or their their TV shows, so on and so forth, uh, which I think that's a pretty good way to look at it, right? They don't have to lock them in if they don't want to, uh, if the yeah. actor's behaving and, and wants to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, if anything, this could point at possibly maybe the direction that the MCU is moving forward that we've already heard a little bit, whereas they're not going to be doing maybe as many long, over-stretching arcs like the what they achieved with uh, Thanos with uh, a decades uh, long of movies. We might kind of be getting these, uh, long, these uh, shorter bursts, but also at the same time, I mean, Marvel slash Disney is making like half of the content out there in the world, right? You know, if you have to kind of take maybe a cynical view of the news is just like, yeah, we don't have to lock people into long-term contracts because who wouldn't want some of this chunk of change, right? So um, that is kind of a weird, it is kind of like a weird thing to announce though, right? Like what, what exactly does this news do to an audience, Mm -hmm. especially since it's coming, it's being disseminated from Kevin Feige himself. Like if this was like a report from like Variety or the Hollywood Reporter or stuff, you know, we could look at it in a couple of different ways. But if Feige's telling us that, he's essentially trying to tell us it's a good thing. So I don't know, maybe there's like, maybe there's like um, some negative experiences they've had uh, within their production of these movies where somebody was tied in and they didn't want to be tied in. I don't know. Well, it comes from, I mean, this is during an interview. So he, he, the, the question leads the answer, right? He's not out here just saying it willy-nilly. But, like, at the same time, you know, 
that I think that it also ru- ruins any chance of like, oh, this person has eight more movies in their contract. They're not going to die kind of thing, right? Like if, if people don't have long-term contracts, oh. they're, they could be killed off at any moment. Uh, we don't have yeah, to worry about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose that that could possibly be a way to look at it. You know, the, the real deep divers might be looking at contract lengths to decide yeah. if they're going to live or die. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we are in, a, in an age where people will make up their own theories, speculations, and stuff of, for characters. Uh, one of the other ones is, you know, like, again, the character, um, Paul Bettany's Jarvis, now Vision, um, mm-hmm. how his character, he didn't really have a contract. He just kind of evolved uh, throughout that. So um, I think he he's an interesting take on, like, him and, and both Coulson early on was, like, small background characters or just a voice can turn into a full-on have-his-own-TV-show-named-after-him kind of thing later. Mm-hmm. So um, there's that. Uh, one of the other producers also for Marvel said that they have more animated series on the way for Marvel hey, Studios. That's so, exciting. So that'll tie into our next topic. But I mean, um, that means I think we, we talked about this last year. A lot more animation projects have been announced and are being released than live action stuff lately. And it's simply because you can work on those kind of remotely a little easier than making a movie. Yeah. Also, I think it's notable because Marvel has been making animated stuff for a while, right? I mean, that's what got me hooked into the Marvel universe as it is. It was the the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, which I was absolutely addicted and enthralled with when I was a kid. But... And they've continued to make uh, animated stuff, and you know they remake. Uh, we get a different Spider-Man film uh, pretty much every ten, uh, every like ten months. It feels like, uh, but I, this is important because what if this is supposed to be MCU, right? This is canonical. This, this is, is yeah. ca- this is canon in whatever way they they tee it up, right? You know, the Watcher, or Doctor Strange, however they explain it away, as in you know. Uh, you know, this actually isn't happening, but it is. Uh, so I am curious if the next animated project isn't going to be necessarily a what if situation. It's going to be like an actual continuation mm-hmm. of the MCU, but it just happens to be animated, you know? Yeah, I would like to, uh, if you're going to put a shield thing on, on Disney Plus, make it an animated shield thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're, you're dealing with, you know, you're not dealing with the budget of making a live action shield thing where they're fighting you know, for an example, the abomination or like, you know, something else, right? Like, um, you know, someone, if someone breaks out, some villain breaks out of prison, the raft or whatever, they can do an animated show and, and cover literally everything in the same animation that they would normally like try to budget in real life. So I think, I think there's an opportunity to tell some character stories from an animated point of view that are not just, oh, these are theoretically what could have happened kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um yeah i agree i agree so let's go ahead and jump into the next topic we have on here liz the what if show we got our first full trailer for this series launch yeah. this week um i didn't get to watch it until after black widow because it came out the same day i thought maybe we'd get that trailer in the movie theater you know oh that would have been cool yeah that would have been cool um but we we didn't um but i mean this this trailer kind of just it just teases me a little bit more right like this it gives us a little bit, but not everything. And that's kind of what I, I'm really, I want to see more of what's going on here. And I think the biggest part of this trailer, it literally opens with the opening moments of the MCU at large. Mm-hmm. So this will do uh, in their animation style. It is the opening scene of Iron Man one from 2008. And it changes Tony Stark instead of um, a missile blowing up and causing him to have his chest reactor. So on and so forth. He is saved by none other than, Killmonger himself in this. Yeah, uh, I, we get about two moments like this where actual MCU film sections have been kind of 
interpreted and interpreted as uh, animation which i thought was kind of interesting we get like kind of the opening shot you know the the iconic shot where the soldier is giving the the peace sign next to tony stark you know you can you can do side by sides which i did before we hopped on the show i was looking at the side by sides and it was kind of cool that the soldier animation wise has very weird fingers i don't know if that's just the the animation rig for that particular character that was kind of odd so you can look for that if you want to see some if you want to see some odd finger placement but there was also the iconic circle shot of the yes. avengers where they're they're swooping around but you know they're kind of but then they kind of cut to like this almost alternative uh, circle take so it's kind of cool to see the side by side animation yeah exactly and this this alternative circle take kind of features the what we call the guardians of the the multiverse is what i believe what the the promo art says right um, and so we, we get the the see you know the Star Lord uh, or T'Challa Star Lord Party Thor, there's a Gamora with Thanos's armor and blade, um, a Killmonger as Black Panther and the Captain Carter stuff. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, some of the other stuff that kind of was along the way, um, s- some of the original voice actors will return, including I heard Chris Hemsworth, I heard um, you know um, uh, Black Panther Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose it. The guy who played Killmonger does his voice as well. Um, mm-hmm. Michael even B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, Haley Atwell, they're all in here doing their original voices. Now you will notice very early on, which is I think was an interesting choice for the opening. Tony Stark, um, you know, Howard, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are not redoing their voices. Um, and by having that in there, I'm like, ah, oh, you should have joined with something a little more authentic to kind of to sell me on this because once I heard it wasn't his voice, I felt really weird with mm-hmm. that, you know? Um, but yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of really out of, yeah, out of, not out of place, but like questionable scenes in here. One of them, it sees, you know, uh, Howard, the duck standing there in his suit, like the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is, um, you know, what if, uh, Ultron got his vision body, you know, so on and so forth. The biggest one, I think, you know, more Marvel zombies, Mike, than we saw before. We, we mm-hmm. rather than just Captain America, we we got a we got a couple in here. So, um, yeah, and then the the big reveal is August eleventh is is the the release date for this. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, we're we're pretty much teed up for Marvel content uh, until the end of the year. Uh, there's there's pretty much always something out there, uh, mainline MCU ready to go. Because once we end with Loki, we'll be pretty much uh, going into August, you know, for um, for this uh, what if content. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so and it's I believe it's ten episodes. So that's ten weeks. It's two and a half months. You know, right there, and it's going to be releasing every Wednesday. And um, I'm very, very excited to kind of see see where this goes. I don't, we don't know the inciting incident yet, but we don't know all the characters. But I, I'm very excited to, as I say, enter the multiverse with the Watcher and, and kind of do that. Now there mm-hmm. is a couple frames in here where it looks like Captain Carter, um, and just by itself is there is fighting um, a tentacle creature, which people are thinking is possibly Shuma Gorath, which would be the villain of the upcoming Doctor Strange movie. So Mm -hmm. is this, you know, is this how it ties into the MCU at large, Mike, by using, you know, Shuma Gorath as the, um, I guess the connecting piece, like, oh, he wants to eat all the multiverses. Are we going to introduce him in here to show them that he's a villain of the multiverse at large? Yeah, I'm I'm really curious how much is going to connect. I have no... I have absolutely no uh, 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 
I have I have no reservations whether or not this really does connect. I, I just kind of want more of like. I'm just glad that we're getting more of like an official kind of interpretation of kind of what if comics and just like how what if comics when you actually read them they don't tee into the actual storyline of these characters it's not like oh yeah. what if uh, what if Wolverine was uh, you know uh, wasn't short and actually six foot well, tall now, I'm not saying that's actually a comic but you know that doesn't well, tee into the stories moving forward so I don't really need a connection but if they're if they're gonna make one I'll be happy. Yeah, I, I think it would be nice to have something just because they have the voice actors and the likenesses of the movie mm-hmm. people. Um, but like, if they don't and they're like, well, this is just something fun we want to put on Disney+, Plus," perfectly fine. Looks like a great mm-hmm. time. Looks like a blast um, for that. So, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, we got the got the link there and let us know what you think. Uh, the, also, the producer who mentioned that more animated series are on the way said they're working on the next 10 for season two of What If. So yeah. I expect probably what another year, uh, two years before they come out with that. So, mm-hmm. buck, buckle up for that. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. You might think we're bringing this up because of a curtain, certain show that's airing on TV right now. Well, you're wrong. We're going to bring <laughs> it up because actor Corey Stoll will apparently return as Darren Cross slash Yellow Jacket in this movie. Now, we're not sure. He's not like a main actor, but like, what role? Would Yellowjack could be here? Is he stuck in the quantum realm after the first movie? I'm pretty sure his body collapsed in on itself. I don't think he's alive. Um, but you know, is it does it have to deal with time travel since Kang is involved? Is it a flashback? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if, if we're looking at like if um, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the the not the Nightmare Before Christmas. What's the what's the Christmas story with Ebenezer Scrooge? What's that called? Christmas. Uh, um, uh, Fudge, Christmas Carol. See, Christmas Carol. See, it's July. I I don't need to remember any of this stuff for six more months. But maybe this is going to be like a Christmas Carol, right? Like Kang's going to show up, like the ghost of Christmas past, take him to his uh, past, uh, his uh, past murders of uh, squishing somebody into um, a cosmic singularity. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's interesting that they're returning. There's got to be a reason. Yeah, I, he, it's got to be something, and maybe I. I is Kang was Kang an employee of of Cross Industries? I don't know. I mean, it, it makes it makes me run wild of how this why would the, he would be in here, um, especially after his very once you think about it gruesome demise at the end mm-hmm. of that, that first movie. But we'll talk more about Yellow Jacket later, Mike. Dun dun dun. Um, <laughs> she Hulk. Another week. Another rumor. I even wrote that down because I'm like, God damn these rumors for she-hulk <laughs> charlie cox will return in she-hulk as matt murdoch the lawyer and also suit up as daredevil in this series as well oh man everybody wants this version of daredevil back don't they they are like chomping at the bit to get matt murdoch back in that suit and that's that's fine so the other rumor is that matt murdoch only the lawyer will appear in spider-man no way home not the daredevil like not suited up as daredevil um, and the more I kind of thought about this, the more this next bit of news is is kind of maybe tied in that that She-Hulk um, was notably famous for having a fourth wall breaking humor or personality in the comic mm-hmm. books well before Deadpool ever did this. Um, so will she notate, man, he looks like that guy on that TV show. Uh, what was it called? Like, will, will she reference this in a comedic way? that he is technically like supposed to be in another TV show for Marvel kind of thing or not. I mean, I, 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 in a, in a broad landscape, I would say of uh, like literal comic books, like stories on paper. 
I think multiple characters that break the fourth wall can exist, and it's not going to be a big problem. But I feel like in the MCU as of right now, I feel like you're going to run into issues if you're having multiple characters that are breaking the fourth wall. Now, I'm not saying like Deadpool is going to show up and they're going to share the screen and everybody's going to be breaking the fourth wall and it's going to be very, very confusing. But I feel like just like the fan base of movies are just going to be like, if they sit down and watch this, they're going to be like, oh, they're just doing the Deadpool thing. Like, why can't they do something more original? Uh, I'm not saying that they can't pull it off or it's off limits, but it, it is kind of like a very specific like story like telling device that you know I don't know maybe they can pull it off maybe they can't but you you bring up a good point as in like if Deadpool's the other character character that can do it if they want to find a way to to ram in some of these like lost Netflix character shows and see them again Deadpool seems like the perfect movie to do it in right where kind of the rules don't apply to his own universe and he's just there to to kind of like show some show some blood and guts and and say some swear words. I would love to see somebody like Charlie Cox reprise his role as Daredevil in the Deadpool movie just because like I feel like it doesn't matter if he shows up in that sandbox, but I just feel like these Netflix shows are done. You know, we're done with them. It's it's over, you know, let's just let them rest in peace. We'll reboot the characters again at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I feel like yeah, put them in Deadpool. I think that makes a little bit more sense to me. But like you said, Said, these are rumors but the rumors seem to be mounting right if one rumor is saying that they're going to be in she-hulk and one rumor is saying that they're going to be in spider-man no way home it seems like somebody might have seen charlie cox in atlanta Somewhere, you know yeah. yeah so maybe there could be a little bit of, of truth to these uh, whispers you know right yeah i i don't know what to, i mean i would put him in no i mean no way home makes sense if it's dealing with multiverses she-hulk mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know much about the character other than her more recent side which is more of a you know a a brute force hulk rather than a the 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 green female lawyer kind of thing so i i don't know which way it's going to go if it will have the fourth wall breaking humor is it more like a noir film where she's just talking in her head kind of thing like the voiceover kind of thing that they don't do Uh And, and someone's just mistaking this for fourth wall breaking humor like rather than talking to the audience because again it's one of those things like you know they had not done it in mcu Daredevil didn't originate it. He's just known for it more than she. Yeah. So, I mean, the fourth wall breaking is very popular in television at the moment because, uh, I think it was maybe, is it a year ago? Maybe two years ago, uh, Fleabag, a show where the character broke the fourth wall all the time, won like all the Emmys, like every Emmy that year, anything that it was qualified for, I believe it won everything. So, I mean, if you're making a TV, if you're making your own TV show, I'm sure you're going to be influenced by something that was successful around the same time you started production. So I, I'm not saying it's like, it's not, uh, like a death note or like a, a, a you know, a, a strike to the heart if they do break the fourth wall. But I wouldn't be surprised if you got some dude bros out there and their Deadpool t-shirts that are just kind of like scoffing, like, Oh, I can't yeah. believe that they're also doing it. But, but, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's got it's got a while before we come out, but I'm excited to see what the trailer is. And if Charlie Cox is even going to be in any of these shows, he may not be. I'm going to shrug my shoulders at that. <laughs> um, speaking of rumors, speculation, and fan theories, Hugh Jackman recently had a photo with the Feige man himself, Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's sitting there sporting... Um, one of his, I, I mean, I've not seen him look like Wolverine in several years, and there he is, looking like Wolverine with that beard growing out, Mike. <laughs> um, and, and he's got his hair up. He, the same day, he shared a photo from Boss Logic with Wolverine claws. 
Um, does this mean Hugh Jackman will be returning as Wolverine in the MCU? Absolutely not. Now, <laughs> does it does it spin up my theories that he could be doing a cameo in Doctor Strange because they're going through multiverses? Yes, yes, it does. But will I um, ultimately judge the success of Doctor Strange or any other MCU movie if they include or don't include Hugh Jackman? No. Um, I mean, we were just talking about it, but it doesn't it seem like the most logical cameo would be in Deadpool's next movie, right? You know, he's basically seems to be best friends with Ryan Reynolds on some sort of level. If, uh, always, uh, always doing like jabs at each other's like if, a, a little offshoot companies. If they would, I mean, they've made fun of him not being in those movies so much. I don't think he'd be in the movie. Like, I think they just ride that joke out for a third time. Um, but at the same time, Kevin Feige did work on the X-Men movies as like a, mm-hmm. I think he was like an executive producer. He was on set. Like he was the one who made them put Hugh Jackson's hair up more like Wolverine's on the side, like the, the like the comic book version, like how tall it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he's got a history of a friendship with him. So it could just literally be nothing and we're mm-hmm. reading way too much into it, but that's no fun. Why, <laughs> why not read into it? So and you mentioned you mentioned he was going to be in something about Spider-Man, maybe at that when we were talking about it through our text messages. Um, oh yeah, else. maybe po- possibly. Like I keep imagining that like kind of wormhole idea of like a multiverse or a time stream, and there's like you know cuckoo clocks floating around indicating that you're time traveling. I don't know, the- maybe a Hugh, maybe a Hugh Jackman flies by, and there oh there's a Tobey Maguire, there's an Andrew Garfield, no. and there that's that's their cameo that everybody yep. freaked out for about for like the last two years. Yep, they're, they're, that's it. That's all they did, and that, there was one day of filming. So um, they're not even filming. They'll probably just use the movie clips. From, from the mm-hmm. other movies. But, um, but yeah, you can check out that photo in there. Send us your fan theories. We'd like to know. San Diego Comic-Con at home is coming this year, the summer again, mm-hmm. round two. Marvel films and DC films will skip it for the second year in a row again. Yeah, the, this this is kind of like the dumbest uh, news discourse that I saw all week, where some people were like extrapolating, like, "Oh my God, they don't need they don't they don't need Comic Con anymore. They don't need physical events. They're just going to do it all on their own." Blah blah blah. It's just like you no, know, like Comic Con's like not really happening this year, right. and if it's going to be a digital event, that's like an equal that's like an equal ask for like your marketing department if you just did it digital yourself, and then you get to own the whole thing, and you don't have to go by anyone else's well, schedule. So uh, this is it, not surprising at all to me. Well, DC has already announced their fandom for this fall, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's already out. Uh, Marvel or Disney hit us with that th- what, three, four-hour press conference this fall for the investors mm-hmm. meeting. And that was, like, the best thing we had last year. I'm going to be honest. Like, that was, like, the highlight of the year. Yeah, Cause, for sure. Because they did not just Marvel, but Star Wars and, and all their other properties as well. Uh, Comic-Con is still having a Thanksgiving event. But, like, if the Comic-Con at home, they... I felt like they dropped the ball last year. The quality was horrible. I really didn't know what the schedule was, right? Um, so why would why would Marvel and DC put all their best foot forward on something that's kind of meh? Uh, now, will their Thanksgiving event have some something? I don't know. Um, I I doubt it since it's like what a two day event with limited attendance. I mean, they they could theoretically have a more of a chance there, maybe just because uh, it's around like a marketing blitz time for things that might be coming out in December. And depending on what time in November, well, no, it'd be Thanksgiving, so yeah, it would be focused uh, on December. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's this is just this is just pandemic talk, right? I I think. Uh, 
people are always going to want to gather in groups, you know, uh, whether or not there is a, an infectious disease out there or not. But when there's not an infectious disease, I think Comic-Con will yes. eventually all, all conventions will eventually return to their glory. Uh, I, I think if anything, these other these bigger companies are just learning how flexible that they are now. Right. How easy it is to do things digitally. Um and where the people are is where they want to go, right? If Co- Comic-Con is like an iconic event, it gets headlines, so why wouldn't you want your why wouldn't you want your movie or your next TV show or your next comic book at Comic-Con to to vibe off all of that? And, so, this I don't think this is a, an indication of it yeah. of these events dying at all. If anyone's trying to pull any data out of it, they're they're they're, they're stretching for news article. Like like they're stretching for titles because there is nothing like as someone who works in marketing you know an event is a very large thing to do and if you're going to see a return like the press coverage of a hall h event where people mm-hmm. wait out line for day outside in line for days to get in yeah you're going to probably want to do something there but if you're like mm. oh we're going to stream it off zoom and you know hopefully get some people to watch it it's just it's cheaper to run your own stuff because your own marvel's own press will probably get more draw than anything san diego's online would do and they're just they're Mm -hmm. just not they just they just don't know online and it's not how they were they were built to do it so it's it's nothing personal it's just a very smart business decision at the end of the day Mm -hmm. for that uh the book of boba fett speaking of star wars even though we weren't director (laughs) lineup includes such directors as john favreau dave filoni bryce dallas howard Robert Rodriguez and more. So I would say well, the usual well, suspects. Yeah, boy, if this doesn't sound like a season two point five of the Mandalorian, right there. Yeah. Uh, Robert Rodriguez I'll, directed the the big episode with Boba Fett where he fought the stormtroopers with that stick and like bashed mm-hmm. all the helmets in. So I was like, that's a pretty good draw. Let's get him back in here. But the other ones just seem pretty par for the course. Yeah, it looks like if you count the directors, that's four directors, so at least four episodes confirmed, right? I would assume yeah. that we're probably getting at least eight. So I wonder if they'll come back with uh, maybe four new directors. That'd probably be the smartest idea, right? You want more yeah. kind of directors in your roster because they're making tons of Star Wars stuff. So bring in some directors, get them used to the volume, and then ship them off to all of these other shows that you're making, right? Yeah, or, or you know, again, I've seen um, some directors do multiple episodes, right? Um, I believe... Uh, uh, the Mandalorian he had uh, was uh, um, Kerry Fukunaga, I believe he did like two episodes, mm-hmm. um, and but they could be doing multiple. You know, it could be people we've seen before, and they're just very secretive on those sets, so we never know. This just happened to be one of those things that came out when they were mentioning people they worked with. So um, we'll we'll see more as we kind of go through there. The Suicide Squad is moving up one whole day, Mike, uh, to Thursday, August fifth. Um, that is James Gunn's birthday himself. So, mm-hmm. um, in celebration, it will be out in theaters and hopefully HBO Max. The poster, the announcement includes HBO Max on the poster. So we might get everything on on it the the fifth. So um, the evening of August fifth. Now, mind you, every movie on Friday usually releases that Thursday before. Like I saw Black Widow on Thursday at five, even mm-hmm. though it came out Friday. Does this mean anything at all? I don't yeah, know. Does this mean you can go catch it on the 4th on a Wednesday? Uh, I, this is going to be interesting too, right? Because uh, if HBO... 
they, they really can't give out any financial numbers when it comes to HBO Max, right? Because people aren't going to be paying a dollar amount for this, right? But people are instantly going to compare it to Black Widow box office wise, right? Especially yeah. if you're, you know, you're trying to keep track of how the people are bouncing so, back from the pandemic. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe HBO Max feels compelled to get a win out of this in some way of saying like oh well okay we can't say how much money we got from HBO Max off of the Suicide Squad but you know we're going to go ahead and tell you how many new subscribers that we got just from the Suicide Squad over at HBO Max so yeah I guess we're not touting numbers but bam look at this investors this this movie this strategy just brought in this many new accounts so that might be the only flex that they can really do right <laughs> well the, the, the problem with this versus Black Widow is this is an R-rated film so there's already going to be like some caveats when they try to compare it to Black Widow anyway um, not that movie ratings affect a whole lot of people at the end of the day but uh, mm-hmm. knowing that they will they always sub they always not they separate them by reviews so a PG-13 mm-hmm. movie versus our movie is not expected to bring in as much of a box office but knowing this is James Gunn's first project since Guardians 2 being fired then rehired by Disney and his next one's I, Guardians 3. I'm, I'm very excited to see it. I, I do kind of wonder maybe what the general audience thinks of this movie in particular, right? You know, if you're just like a normal Joe out there that does not revolve their entire lives around superheroes like we do, right? Like, what do they see when they see this movie, right? You know, hopefully that they're, they're well-tuned in enough to the director to go like, oh, James Gunn, he made Marvel stuff that I liked. I'll go watch this. You know, maybe they're only tuned in enough to go like, didn't they make a Suicide Squad movie already? Why do I want to go see this one? Some of the characters look familiar. Some of them don't. They might not even remember Will Smith was in the other one, and they're just confused why they recast him, even though it's technically not the same character. So I don't know how much any of this is going to factor into the movie at all. But I feel like... You know, if maybe if it's not opening weekend, this does feel like a movie that could possibly have legs, right? You know, I I think it's going to do, I think it's going to be, I think this is going to be a good film. I mean, James Gunn pretty much has not let us down with his, uh, with his filmography. So I think we're going to have a quality film here. People are going to hear about it. People are going to want to watch it. Uh, They'll they'll be like, oh, you mean I can just watch it if I just get the, if I just get the week long trial of HBO Max? Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll check it out. They don't have the trials anymore. Uh, well, they'll pay for a month of it. Though. Yeah, I know. They'll I'm just saying, like, like he, don't don't expect to get it for free. They, 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 <laughs> as soon as they did this thing, uh, with, I think with Wonder Woman, they they can't they kicked all free trials to the curb. They're like, yeah. no, you have to watch. You have to pay to watch. Yeah. Well, they'll drop 15 bucks uh, for yeah. a month of it. Well, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I, I think I think you know, um, talking to people who aren't uh, in as into this as as you know we are. Um, they they're not having a hard time distinguishing the Suicide Squad because they've used again Guardians in there, and I think the actors in this one are just as big as the other ones, but different enough, right? Like Idris Elba, people know him. Uh, Margot Robbie, they've got um, oh, John, John Cena. Cena, John Cena himself, yeah. And then of course uh, the the question that came up at the, actually at the the Star Wars collector's thing was like you know King Shark is being voiced by Sylvester Stallone himself, so uh, I think I think people are, are getting at this different and that it is in fact a new film and the fact they're adding you know Marvel movies to the DC movie advertising is definitely interesting. Um, that's only though just on top of that you, you, we've talked about this before the Xbox Game Pass right the streaming service that they have. Mm-hmm. They, their newest promotion includes someone playing on an iPad with a uh, PlayStation controller. And they're like, yeah, we did this. Like, we know you can play with PlayStation. Please do. Kind of thing. So it's interesting to see how these companies will, like, kind of balance off each other now to, to push their mm-hmm. stuff. 
But uh, Suicide Squad, I'm excited. Uh, I need to watch a Wonder Woman 84 out of my mouth, still from the DC universe. So um, Suicide Squad looks to be one of those journeys I'm excited to see. And to see who makes it out alive, Mike, if anybody at all. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll take a look there. The Witcher, season two, coming December 17th. Mike, finally, we're going to get to go back to the Witcher world, whatever it's called. I People who probably love the Witcher are probably like throwing things at me right now but yeah. I'm, I'm i think excited. technically it's i think technically it's poland because isn't it like a polish yeah. author that, yeah. yeah it's just it's just poland man yeah uh, yeah the, i think witcher con was this week which was like the collaboration between like netflix and like the witcher video game universe and i don't know if there was novels involved at all because i, I don't know anything about all of that but maybe this is an explanation why we didn't get a whole lot at geeked week is they you know yeah. maybe pulling some stuff back you know so they could add to this witcher con there was a trailer for an animated, um, I think it's a feature, um, and I I think it might be a prequel. Like like we said, we don't know anything about the Witcher universe, but they're, Netflix obviously saw that they had something very, very good on their hands, so they're going to expand it and roll it out to whatever they can do. The, um, wasn't the ne- Jason Momoa? I thought Jason Momoa was attached to something. I thought maybe I would see some, He's some on, news of him. He was on something Con. else, not on, not on Witcher related. Oh, I thought it was Witcher related. I no. thought they had cast him in the Witcher prequel. Uh, no. So there's the Nightmare of Wolf of the Wolf, which is what you were talking about, which is the 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 Netflix spinoff um, that's coming August 23rd, and it's an origin story for Geralt's mentor. Um, oh, okay. I just did a little bit of googling. It looks like it was a strong rumor that was eventually shot down earlier yeah. this year. Um, okay. So and then, it's, and then it, there's a live like action. we said. Like we said, what do we know about? We're not the Witcher <laughs> fanatics, but we like the show, and I'm very uh, excited to see this. It's got eight episodes this season. I believe the first one had ten, right? Um, no, eight it had eight. Um, just just pulled it up here, and um, the titles are out. Uh, I'm not going to read through them because I don't know what they mean. And, yeah, exactly. And, and because of that, I don't think it's going to mean much to me. But if you want to look at them, they are in our notes. Yeah, they're it, there it for looks SEO like maybe- value. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like maybe the only thing to pull out of this is that the last episode, the title is uh, redacted. So no, that's actually the they, title. Oh, it really? I'm, I'm, is no, I'm redacted? Kidding, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, they, they're not telling us the last episode. That's correct. Yeah. All right. So maybe there'll be like a fun little turn yeah. and or twist that happens. Episode there. two. Um, however you pronounce that, Care Morhen. Uh, that's mm-hmm. apparently Geralt's like where he grew up and learned how to be a Witcher. That's all I know. All right. So. Um, I'm excited. I, it's, I mean, more Henry Cavill's a Witcher. Let's get into this. I'm excited to kind of see it. Yeah. So um, th- we've got some good winter stuff for us that comes out the same day as Spider-Man No Way Home. So mm-hmm. uh, we got some good stuff coming up this winter, Mike. Hopefully, knock on wood, back to normal. All right. Well, it's that time of the show where we jump into the Loki episode of Loki. The week. Chris, we say it every week we are two episodes away from the next episode of loki which will be the season finale two, and two this sleeps. show has yeah this, this show has just been uh ramping up it's just been ramping ramping up every episode has been uh, more fun than yeah. the last one and this 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 episode is no exception yes this uh, this, this is crazy <laughs> journey into mystery which is actually uh what i believe it was, this is a comic book series title and i believe thor and loki may have appeared in I think, it first yeah i think loki's first appearance was in a journey into yeah. mystery and um this is episode five we have three more sleeps to the next one sadly mm-hmm. uh, rather than two but like this this show has for for being six episodes has continually um impressed and unveiled more things while 
giving us more questions. And I believe this one was probably, I think, one of the more... I'm going to be honest, it's subdued in terms of, like, you know, the scale of some... Like, the the escape scene of the... Was it episode three? Of Mm -hmm. the the Lamentus. But there are some pretty good effects in this. Some some CGI. And, honestly, the Easter eggs are pretty much the whole point of this what we'll talk about here uh, yeah. how many things were we saw and how much fun we had with that yeah i i just absolutely love the characterization of, of all of the lokis right now yeah. I, i'm not a hundred percent sure so they, they're describing kind of like this um this beyond the end of the timeline as like this void where all of this rubbish goes right yep. and then there's this this creature that's that's playing cleanup right but i guess he's only cleaning up I say it's he. I mean, it's a cloud. I guess I'm gendering it for some yeah. bizarre reason. But this cloud seems to be going after life forms. It doesn't seem to be interested in inanimate objects that have come from different time streams. It just wants to eat the living things. So I guess the theory here is that the only type of creature that can really survive this cloud is just a Loki, because just them uh-huh. uh, and their very nature, they just uh, they just survive. So- and that, that, that totally makes sense from what we've seen from Tom Hiddleston through all of these uh, different movies. Uh, I, I would have said they would have said that because they enchanted it there at the end and read its mind. So I don't think... Uh, they called it... Uh, Alioth was his name. Um, Alioth is actually a character from the comic books that has ties to Kang the Conqueror as uh, an adversary of his, if I'm going to be straight honest with you. Not not this guard dog, not this cloud. He was actually like a person who was like, I want to rule the time stream kind of mm. thing. Um, well, I was noticing that the, the creature... Essentially, it, it, it goes after and it kills, you know, um, physical things, but it seems to also rapidly age inanimate objects, if you will, right? Like, there was that World War II ship that, that kind of dropped in there. Yeah. And, and it looked like it, like, aged it several thousand years due to rust and decay. Yeah. I guess it's just not totally clear exactly yeah. what the goal of this cloud is, but maybe that's not necessarily the point of right. the episode as much as it's just like, what, let's just, what happens when you put a bunch of Lokis in a room yeah. together? And the answer is they all turn on each other, and it's great, and it's hilarious. I wasn't expecting Mare Loki to be a, a, another Loki variant. I thought right. this might be, like, a strategy that the Loki we've been following, like, adapts to this environment. So I kind of like that the, all of these marketing and like fan arts and like cosplays of what we thought was going to kind of be our Loki was a, just another Loki. Yeah. And it was great. They all turned on each other. I, I, I absolutely am well, in love with alligator and- Loki. Give me all alligator Loki merch, stickers, plushes, toys. I don't I know if it gets turned into coming. a... He yeah, is. I just, I, I just, I just want it all. It's hilarious. He, he eats... Uh, election Mayor Loki's Loki. hand, Mayor Loki, whatever you want to call him. He just straight up eats his hand. It's great. It's it's amazing. As far as we know, by the end of the episode, uh, Alligator Loki is still alive out yeah. there in the world. With, I'd love to see him pop up again. I don't know if he's going to be like hanging out with uh, with Howard the Duck at some point in time, yeah. but maybe we get like a little animal universe going here. Yeah. Well, to speak of, of, of animal universe, uh, we got to see Throg. Um, mm-hmm. who again is the th- Thor was put into a frog's body. You might notice Dragon Ball copied this Dragon Ball Z in, in some of those Namek episodes where Goku was in a frog's body or Captain Ginyu was, but that's neither here mm-hmm. nor But we got to see Throg and come back. Chris Hemsworth did the frog noises for Throg <laughs> in this in this little jar thing in the in the ground. Um, the the alligator Loki and um, 
uh, Kid Loki uh, ended up making it out that we know of, right? Mm-hmm. So, so hope I, I would love to see them come back because again, he's the king of of Loki land because he killed Thor. As we find out in this, that was his. Um, oh, that would be some great back and forth with uh, Chris Hemsworth coming across yeah. this uh, this kid Loki. Yeah, so um, that was but, his uh, event. Yeah, the, the the I think my favorite Easter egg, which uh, uh, I know I was safe to send to you because I knew you had seen the episode by the time <laughs> I was watching it, was like the helicopter. The Thanos I mean, like, come copper, on. Yeah. It's so great. I like. I did the. I did the. Uh, I did the meme from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme, where I'm pointing at the TV. I was like, "Ah, it's the helicopter. They did yeah. it. They put the helicopter in there." That uh, was I, great. I, I took. It. I took the Captain America meme version of that. Like, hey, I understood that reference. Like, I, I get uh, that. Okay. Because <laughs> um, because he. It, I mean, it's a, it's a yellow, bright yellow copter that says Thanos on it because this is an old comic book where Hellcat has the cosmic cube and is fighting Thanos, who's flying a helicopter around to get the cosmic cube in, in the comic books and Hellcat drops the the cube and says, well, I lost it. No use crying over spilled milk. And this is like one of the cringiest books <laughs> it's ever come out. Like the Thanos we know now is nothing like that. So it's, it's really funny. It made it in there. And it, this, this whole world, this whole Easter egg, this end of the, the, the almost the end of time that the, the, the time before time ends feels like, all of our fan theories and all these Easter eggs and all the stuff we wanted to see all thrown into one little world, right? Um, mm-hmm. so something we see was a, a very oversized yellow jacket helmet um, mm-hmm. in the landscape, which implies maybe in one universe he won and became giant man or, or grew large. Um, old man Loki, Richard Grant, just acted the shit out of his old man Loki part, right? That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he His end scene where he... Um, crafts Asgard with his magic as Alioth kind of eats it was really cool but we find out his point um his um what was it um nexus point nexus point event yeah was that he is the fan theory that Loki didn't die at Thanos's hands that he was an illusion cast and Loki hid and lived to see another day and everyone yeah. tried to pull that out and then this was like no this is what happens if that happened kind of thing. Yeah, I actually really like that little bit, not because of a, a fan theory that was being followed, but I just like knowing a little bit more of how the TVA operates, right? Like, um, this is essentially saying that, like, if he just would have stayed on that planet, you know, yes. he wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have touched anything in the time stream, and the time stream would have been fine. But the second he tried to leave, like, no, 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 you're you're affecting the time stream. You know, everything is going to be messed up if you leave. So there seemed to be um, putting in a little bit, almost like flexibility, right? right? It's just like just because you just because you did something that wasn't supposed to happen doesn't mean that you can't exist. It's just kind of how your you, butterfly wings yeah, keep flapping afterwards. You you you're you're a, you have not initiated a butterfly effect large enough to change something huge down the road kind of thing that, that yeah. we want to happen so like yeah if he just mm-hmm. would have stayed hidden and never came back to 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 find thor because he was lonely uh he would have been fine but you know seeing him in that costume was was interesting knowing that the loki we saw on that ship end up in that old yellow and green costume was even funnier to think about <laughs> yeah i was trying to envision it because 
it, it, you can really the way that the this, this show has structured timelines, you can envision it literally however you want. Like I'm almost imagining the same the same scene, but everybody has like these vintage aesthetics to them, right? Like what if you have like the vintage looking Thanos choking like a vintage looking younger Loki, you know? So you know your your imagination can just run wild with this type of show. But they're they're doing a they're doing a a, a, a pretty decent job of sticking to the rules that they set up, even though if you think about it like a little too much. It, it starts to get like a little confusing like um when sylvie like basically like kills herself to go to this uh to go to this world she brings like a tempad with her but like it, it really makes me think that would a tempad really technically survive the journey you know mm. to this world and could you technically tempad out of it because if you can tempad out of it couldn't you also tempad into it well, but they say there's nothing that you can lock on into so like there there is some kind of like logic that they're trying to build so but like I'm just having such a good time and I'm enjoying like Tom Hiddleston and everybody's performances like so much like these little things that maybe you could nitpick like I, I just don't care so much about because well, I'm having so much fun walking, watching the, this crazy shit happen. The, the thing about having a group of Lokis in the TVA is everyone's fucking lying at the end of the day. Like literally uh-huh. everyone is lying to everyone. So the logic could be there like we can't lock onto it. Well, maybe they could. They just don't want her to go there. They don't want to tell mm-hmm. the truth. You know, maybe she's figured out, you know, what they can do with this Tim pad. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I did notice, though, um, watching her up close get, you know, kind of um, taken away. Is, you know, the, the effect looks like the sling ring effect as they kind of get pruned from reality. Doesn't like they're maybe being sent to like a different reality. Like literally like they're opening up a portal to a different reality as they kind of yeah, get hit with yeah, it. Not, not necessarily that they do that. Yeah. Um, uh, another person this weekend, uh, Jason, who invited me to the Star Wars thing, said that there are runes around the TVA in the walls, if you look close enough, like the ones that uh, Agatha had set up in WandaVision. So maybe mm-hmm. the reason magic doesn't work in the TVA is because someone has placed these runes there to prevent magic from happening in there. That's why uh, oh, maybe. they can't do that. That was something else that someone brought up. Um, I think, you know, um, some some of the other stuff in this was was, was pretty cool. I hate to mention this because I don't think the 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 big bad in next episode is Kang the Conqueror. I'm very much yeah we this. W- yeah we gotta we I feel like we kind of gotta talk about that because that is the biggest rumor floating around right now. But there is a Q E N G tower which was used. It's the Avengers tower and it says Kang. Mm-hmm. Though this was actually a version of um, Nathaniel Richards who was eventually Kang down the road. That was like one of his companies he had in the like current timeline, which is all pointing towards Kang. However, you know, as all these shows like to do, um, so far they're, they're not like, and you mentioned this, you know, a little bit in, in some of the black widow stuff, our villains are people we already know. They're not going to introduce somebody in the last episode because why would they do that? If one more episode. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know really exactly how, uh, how I feel about it really at large because they have been, they have been hinting at something, somebody, somebody's controlling all of this. We're going to meet, somebody right or at least i think we do like if they walk into like kind of like a throne room and the chair turns around and it's that uh you know that other agent that's been kind of trying to keep the tva together if she's there i'm just like okay that's kind of lame like they've been building the something and i just kind of hope we do get to reap the rewards of everything that they've been building you know it would be pretty exciting but if you are going by the easter egg of kind of seeing a kang tower in the background like 
that's just an Easter egg, right? Yeah. Like they're not they're not confirming that Thanos is literally coming back with a helicopter, right? You just gotta you gotta put that in the category of Easter egg, right? And we know that Kang is gonna be showing up in Ant Man, so maybe that's just an Easter egg for Ant Man that's coming along eventually. Um, I it's I know a, everybody's it's a like Mephisto's situation all over again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be upset or anything if Kang is introduced, but I feel like they could only go so big, right? It's the last episode of of Loki, so whoever they introduce, like they they kind of gotta they gotta resolve also this entire story that we've been following for like the last like five weeks beforehand. So um, I'm not saying that they can't do it, but also don't Mephisto yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't hype yourself up. Like re, like you gotta remember at the end of the day, even though that there is like a, a mystical whiteboard over at the MCU where Feige is drawing these lines of where the going to be going in the MCU and all this fun stuff that we're going to be doing. There's also just individual creators that sit down at a desk and are tasked at telling an interesting, compelling story with the characters that they're given. They're not just like, oh yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to totally avoid the whole story and narrative that I'm trying to tell and I'm just going to throw Kang at the end. It's just yeah. like, no, everything has been thought out by somebody whose job is to professionally write something that's engaging. So like, you got to remember that at the end of the day. And that's an important thing to remember in, um, in black widow as well. Like you might feel like the story is a little insular and you'd like to maybe play you. You wish it could play in the playground a little bit more of the MCU, but you know, you're trying to, you're trying to tell the, you're trying to tell a story like just as black widow is trying to tell the story of black widow. Loki is trying to tell the story of a Loki. So King King may or may not show up, but at the end of the day, the story is about Loki. So just just remember so, that that yeah. you, I, either way, I, I thought it was pretty cool that when like the fog subsided, we kind of see this like castle off into the sky. I'm just like, yeah. oh, shit, where are we going? What's about to happen? We got at least 45 to 60 more minutes of Loki. Uh, how much are we going to be able to explore? Where are we going to be bouncing around? Are we going to see uh, Owen Wilson on a jet ski? That's all the fan art that I'm seeing in my in my newsfeed. I'd love to see that. Um, so what if I what if I pitch this this real crazy idea at you, Mike? Okay. What, what if everyone in the TVA is a Loki? <laughs> that would be that would be insane. I be, guess because like <laughs> and some of them are more maybe indoctrinated or like you know forgetful of their past than others. But like at the end of time, I'm thinking it's either a Loki of some kind. Perhaps it's um. Uh, again, someone pitched the idea of it being like Sylvie, and it's like a cyclical thing. Like she has to get there, like you know, like she gets there at the end of time and takes the place of the older Sylvie or whatever. Or I hate, I'm not a person who ships characters, but what if it's the child of the two Lokis? Oh yeah, maybe. And like, it does like make... I, I've set like we... he's like I've set this path up to get you here. Yeah, like, kind of I mean we. We talked a lot about like reveals in our Black Widow review because you know there's got to be a reveal behind Taskmaster, the the character yeah. that's been masked through all of these uh, promos and trailers for like the last like year and a half, right? So we, we are leading to a, a reveal in, in Loki, and you, you kind of got to battle the two parts of your brain, right? Right, like what makes sense, and then what would be cool, right? And honestly, what is making sense right now is it's not going to be a wild character, right? It's not going to be somebody brand new that we've never seen before. It does seem like it's going to be something that makes sense with the thematics of the last five episodes. So yeah, I I could, even though it's like a crazy oddball, like wild theory that it could be some version of Loki, 
it'd make a lot of sense, right? We've only ever seen versions of Loki <laughs> through the like this this whole last five episodes. So, yeah, it's it's almost harder for them to introduce a brand new character, right? Because how are you going to explain them? What's going on here? Why is this? Why is this person so interested in Loki? Maybe it's like a variant of like somebody from Asgard or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, I feel like if it's going to be a character we literally haven't seen in the show, it's got to be a character that has some sort of relation to Loki in some way to make thematic sense. But I'm just glad that we're only a couple days away. I don't have to wait until like yeah. Friday, you know, to watch this. It's Wednesday and we'll all have our answers. Yeah, we'll have our answer and be obviously avoiding all the internet if you don't watch it during in the first thing in the morning. But like you're going to get a finale is going to be the the big reveal of the show. And that's that's going to mm. be the fun part for it. So um, I'm excited. I think um, the other thing I want to call out is the the mythical video game Polyb- Polybius was in this. Are you familiar with the, the history of Polybius? I am not, actually. So, this is an urban legend video game uh, about a fictitious video game from the 80s, where it was like a mm-hmm. government-run psychology experiment game, so like the government would like watch people who play this and like judge them on it so like they were like <laughs> affecting the player like it's all theory and stuff like that like they even had a uh, couple documentaries on it so like one of those polybius arcade um cabinets like a, a fictitious one is in the background of, of the loki thor room, wow that's, or that's the, great i like that the loki room there um so yeah so there's um there's a lot more easter eggs we didn't cover but you know we can we can talk about those later you know you guys will see them in there or look up a list but i think uh short of you know um just missing the mark on the last episode this has been a great series and i'm very excited to get into this and 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 see what's happening probably probably more so than any of the other shows thus far mike so um yeah loki's been delivering hard uh who knows if we end up getting a second season or not there's some theories out there we'll see who persists what happens but I, I think effectively the audience is falling in love with this variant of Loki, and I think we would kind of be sad to see him go. And I'm actually would kind of look forward to see this kind of version of Loki maybe return to a somewhat normal timeline, right? Like what is like a um what is like a Loki who's been rehabilitated? Uh, happen when he goes back to a timeline where everybody hates him, right? You know, like he's gonna have to, he's gonna be doing the thing with, um, with Sif, like with everybody, right? No, 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 please don't kick me in the nuts. I'm good. I went on a yeah. wacky adventure through time. I'm a good person now. You can trust me. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll oh. see what happens. But uh, Tom Hiddleston, uh, we we love you. We don't want you going anywhere. Yeah, and, and and great, great writing, great you know directing, great visuals all around on this show. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the all the characters, everything. This has really been a, a good mix of everything happening, and um, gotta 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 give it credit for that. So, Mike, that's our show for this week. We gotta go get ready for. The next set of Loki episode, the one next episode and answers that we get next set of answers. So, can do that. If people want to know more about the show, what we're doing, what we're up to, where can they find you at? Oh, you can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, TikTok. If you want to read my web comics, you can find those at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V A L D A N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, people want to know more about the show or review of Black Widow if they've watched it or anything else coming up where can they find all that at well all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com and you can find us on Apple Podcasts YouTube Spotify and wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts 
You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. Uh, Please reach out to you. Please reach out to us. Let us know what you're thinking about Loki. Uh, you can contact us uh, anywhere on social media or at SuperHeroSlate.com. We love hearing from you. We love our super fans, and if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, make sure that you're vaccinated, and we will be here every week, folks. We love you. We'll see you next week. All right, bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Got the What If trailer, Hugh Jackman, okay.